Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, where each week, Dr. Frank Domino, along with his guests, translates today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. Now, broadcasting from the University of Massachusetts Medical School in Worcester, Mass., your host, Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Sharon is here for her annual exam. Specifically, she has been struggling for the last few years with multiple symptoms that she assumes are related to menopause. She's 49, and she's not sleeping well, has intermittent hot flashes, and feels exhausted all of the time. She and her husband have three children who are high school and college age, and recently her mother moved in with them, adding to her stress. Where do we begin and end this visit? Hi, this is Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, at the University of Massachusetts Medical School, and joining me today to talk about uh, perimenopause, and in particular, perimenopausal depression, is Jill Terrian, associate professor in the Graduate School of Nursing and the director of the Nurse Practitioner Program at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Hi, Jill. Hi, Frank. Wow, Sharon is very familiar to me, and I'm sure she's familiar to you as well. What challenges are, is she facing right now? Sharon has a lot going on. So when we say where does the visit begin and end, you know, really what is Sharon's, you know, end game here? What's giving her the most, you know, cause for, what's giving, what's worrying her and what's making her the most uncomfortable? In particular, just looking at her profile, she's, you know, taking care of an elder. She's bringing up children. She's got children leaving the house, which is an empty nest type of thing. She's mentioned work is stressful, and then she's got sleep that is disturbed, along with hot flashes. So first I want to know how, how is she doing, how is she balancing, and how common are her symptoms in a 24-hour period so we can maybe get to some, some help for her. Great. So you're, you're already starting to think, all right, what can we do to try to help her? Um, she's got a great deal of stress, as you point out. How do we know if she has perimenopausal depression, and how do we go about addressing it? That's a great question. So a paper just came out that's looking at, that actually summarized some recommendations uh, for women in the perimenopausal transition, gave a little credence to that it can start early and go late, like even into early uh, postmenopause, uh, even into a late state of early menopause, shall I say. And, um, and basically that women in this transition should be screened for depression. That's the main thrust of the recommendation. Also something that could be concerning is if your patient has had a prior major depressive episode before perimenopause, they are more apt to be vulnerable to that during the perimenopausal transition. So one thing I am going to be asking Sharon about is possible depressive symptoms. And I may have her fill out a questionnaire while she's with me, uh, a PHQ-2, PHQ-9, uh, you know, a Beck depression inventory, whatever you have available to you. So uh, as you point out, she's having sleep difficulties. She's under a great deal of stress. Um, she's having these intermittent and fairly uncontrolled hot flashes. She's certainly got some reduced energy. So if you just look at, at her PHQ-9, she, she's got more than uh, four criteria. And so she probably meets 
the, the, the diagnostic criteria for depression. Um, what do we know about best ways to address perimenopausal depression? So well, how can we treat it? So if we know that there is, um, a, if the patient has had a depressive episode in the past and been treated with a certain you know, agent and SSRI and SNRI, and they responded well to it, there is you know, good evidence that putting them on that medication again, if they had a good benefit before, they'll have a good benefit from it this time. So that is one strategy. The other thing is to look at, is there any agents out there um, or classes that could possibly benefit Sharon and some of her other symptoms, um, particularly the, the vasomotor symptoms that can be very, very, um, really affect the sleep. Well, I agree. That sounds, I mean, if you can, if you can address both her depression as well as her, her perimenopausal other symptoms, um, that'd be great. What, what are our options? So um, we have um, pharmacologic options could be SSRIs or SNRIs. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's some data out there on that. Also, there are some non-pharmacologic uh, options, um, mindfulness, cognitive behavioral therapy, which we've talked about in other episodes. Not easy to do in one visit, and it's not a pill. It does take time. Other thing is um, exercise. Um, is she exercising, and um, will that help, you know, energize her as well as help her relax at night and, and get a better sleep. Any uh, change in diet that she should consider in particular to address her hot flashes? L well, let's talk about the sleep disturbance piece for a minute, all right? Um, caffeine. What's her caffeine intake? And what time of the day is she, you know, taking her last caffeine? If she does drink, let's just say coffee, um, could there be an adjustment there? Is there um, about eating meals? What are her, what's her diet like? Um, and is she eating and then going to bed like, you know, before like you know, they recommend three hours of digestion? Because that could also lead to her sleep disturbance. Um, I mean, she has a lot going on, but I think that looking over her lifestyle to see where maybe some modifications could be made, um, because it's hard for people to change. Um, so I think that even you listening to your patient and hearing, yes, she has quite a bit going on, what can we tweak that's doable for her? Great. So we, we've talked about her depression and her uh, other perimenopausal symptoms. I, I can't help but wonder, how about hormone replacement therapy? Would, she, would her depression get better if we put her on a, on a hormone replacement pattern? Interesting. So this, this, uh, this review, the summary and recommendations, this study, did actually look at that. And they, they didn't find any conclusive evidence that you know, having hormone therapy affected um, depression. Wow. Okay, so we have good data that uh, women are at risk for perimenopausal depression, especially if they've had a history of depression in the past. And they often, the depression often appears uh, with a variety of other symptoms. Uh, you've also mentioned that there's, there's pharmacologic and non-pharmacologic therapeutics that we can, we, can, we can try, and that there probably isn't data that supports currently using hormone replacement therapy to treat the depression, at least. Um, any final thoughts on what else we can give Sharon today? Well, you know, I think the main thing is, you know, being able to tease out, because a lot of these uh, symptoms that she has, you know, occur together, they overlap, and it can become really um, complicated. So I think it's just kind of like helping Sharon understand where she can... Um, where she is able to have control over some of it. Because I think the, you know, 
having a better sleep pattern is something that she may be able to do. And, um, but a lot of the other things going on are going to continue to go on. And is there any help that can happen for her? You know, she's the sandwich generation, taking mm -hmm. care of the parent, bringing up the kids, and trying to live a life with her, with her husband. So it's, it's really a lot. It's, it certainly is, and it, it's great to recognize the fact that this, the, some of Sharon's issues are not going to get better with the pill. We have to help her control what she can. Thanks, Jill. This is a great, great solution for a very common problem. Thank you, Frank. Practice pointer. Perimenopausal women are at increased risk for depression. Use a validated tool to help identify depression and help manage through this transition to menopause and beyond. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. For more information about the article referenced in today's episode, look under the Resources section of the episode landing page. Need help reaching your CME credit goal this year? If so, please browse the more than 300 free CME-accredited activities now available on PrimeMed.com. Thank you again for listening.